1: hey hey you already know what's
3: that What's up everybody Welcome episode 551 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show Ben fatten with you here. It is January 8 2024. Today I want to go over some realistic free agent targets for the San Diego Padres. hopefully everybody is doing well. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, you can use that super chat button. I will definitely be going into the chat here in a little bit. But yeah, because last week I did some unrealistic Padres free agent targets, some of the big guys, because the Padres just are not going to be at the top of that market. So I feel like it's only right to then do realistic Free agent targets as well, you know, talking about some guys that maybe the Padres could actually add. Now, spoiler here, it's not going to be a lot of names that are going to be like, oh, wow, we need this guy. This is going to be amazing if they sign this guy. But that's kind of the the situation that the Padres are in. You know, they they don't have a ton of money. And frankly, I don't know how many free agent signings they're going to make. Because there could be some better better players, or there are some better players out there that they could acquire in a trade that would make sense, instead of going out there on the free agent market and spending money there. And maybe the quality of guys are less, and you have to overpay for some guys that aren't as good as some guys that you could get on the trade market. You know, just look at like Shamaniah getting 14 million a year, Kensamaity getting that contract he got from the Tigers, Jack Flaherty. Lucas Giolito, who has innings, but he didn't perform that great. You know, and just these deals, regardless of who you are, you're getting more than $10 million. Like, that's just what the market is. And so, I mean, A.J. Preller, he has told the media that he was waiting till January where maybe the market comes down, the players need to find homes, and maybe the Padres have some leverage there. We already saw them use that leverage with someone that had a deadline in Wusuk go and they got him for pretty cheap didn't have to pay a huge posting 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 fees that what it's called 900,000 dollars i think was what they had to send to the LG Twins like they used that to their advantage and so maybe the Padres will be able to do that with some guys and maybe they'll be able to land some mid-market guys that would have been that they wouldn't have been able to land if there wasn't any leverage on their side but right now, I'm not even looking at the mid-market guys, really. It really is just the, okay, 5 mil, 7 mil. If you go look at what Bob Nightingale said over the weekend, Padres have like $20 million to spend. Now, before I get into that more, let's actually go to graphs and let's go to... The Padres payroll, it's different. Cots contracts, fan graphs, spot track. It is different with the different sites that you go to. But with fan graphs here, it says they're at 211.6, around that. And so they don't want to get right up on that because if they want to add at the deadline, then maybe they're not going to be able to do that. But let's just say 237 minus 212. That that gives you 25 mil to spend. But if the Padres don't want to get right up to that, or if their actual payroll number there for the luxury tax is more than what it's saying there, then maybe they have 20 mil. So maybe Nightingale is correct. But remember, they don't have starting, they have two starting pitching holes. Maybe you say one because the five is going to be held by one of the depth guys. It's going to be Brito, Vasquez. I don't think Jay Groom really, they, he needs to be in the minors, but Pedro Avila, Matt Walter, and Luis Patino, maybe that goes to one of them. But you still want more depth, right? First base DH bat, they don't have an outfield. It's Tatis and then Azokar and Cal Mitchell and Oscar Mercado, who they signed, right? Like, they need some help. They've got a lot of positions to to fill up here. You, you want some guys on the bench too, other than just Eggy Rosario and Matthew Batten, I would think. So not a whole lot of room to spend, but there's room that needs to be filled up on the roster. So if we go to free agency and I'll go through the list here, obviously not a lot of exciting names, but again, this is the Padres have kind of made their bed and now they've got to lay in it. Um, But first I want to go to the Bob Nightingale article. And he made some predictions on what was going to happen the rest of the offseason. And the Padres for Bob Nightingale don't have a great outlook on what's going to happen. Bob says here, the San Diego Padres' wild spending days are over. Again, this is a prediction from him. They don't offer anyone more than $5 million a year the rest of the winter, trying to spread out the remaining $20 million in their budget to fill about six different positions. Their World Series aspirations have melted into the goal of merely qualifying as a wild card contender. Let's let's dissect this. Uh, it was one par- paragraph that he put here, okay? Wild spending days are over. I think we realize that. And I'm seeing some fans still compare the Padres spending to the Giants and the Dodgers and other teams in baseball. Well, they're spending a bunch of money and the Padres aren't. Well... We're in different spots. Like the Padres have already spent their money on these big free agents. Now, these big free agents have to perform better. The Giants haven't spent their money on big free agents. So they have room to spend on big free agents. The Dodgers have a big TV deal and they have more revenue coming in. The Padres don't have that. So it's different situations. Don't compare the Padres to other teams' spending. You can compare the Padres' roster. To other teams' roster, like, oh, doesn't look that great. Oh, there's a lot of holes, but I don't think it makes sense to be comparing the Padres' spending to other teams that have a TV deal, other teams that are in just better situations than the Padres are in financially. Um, so Nightingale here saying they don't offer anyone more than five million dollars a year the rest of the winter. I think that's a stretch. I think you could see one, maybe one guy, because. What starting pitcher are they going to bring in here to be the four-starter realistically? Maybe that's going to come via trade then. What's going to come in here, a starting pitcher, for less than $5 million? And you're going to confidently say, yeah, that guy deserves to be in our rotation. I don't see that. Now, outfield-wise, I mean, you could say the same thing about the outfield. Like, what guy are you bringing in here for less than $5 million that you're going to confidently say, Yeah, that guy is our center fielder. He is great. That guy is our starting left fielder. That is great. We are super excited that we brought in player X on a one-year deal worth $4 million or one year worth $5 million. I just don't see that. You know, the market, it's not going to be as great for guys as we get closer to spring training, I would think, guys that don't get signed, and that's who the Potters are probably going to end up getting in free agency. But yeah, I mean, not spending more than $5 million on any player, then who are they going to get? Like all of these acquisitions are probably going to be via trade then is what I would think. And he says, fill out about six different positions. So two starting pitchers, two outfielders, first base DH bat, and then a bench player. Is that what he's referring to? Cause I, I think we're good on the bullpen. And those other spots, we know that the Padres need to, they need to make some additions there. This last part, though, I wouldn't worry too much about this. Their World Series aspirations have melted into the goal of merely qualifying as a wild card contender. Does Bob forget that the Arizona Diamondbacks were a wild card team? They just made it to the World Series. Does he forget that the Texas Rangers did not win the division this past year and they won the World Series? Does he forget that the Padres made it to the NLCS in 22? They didn't win their division. The Phillies, they didn't win their division and they made it to the World Series. The Nationals in 2019. like There's a lot of examples recently, not just 10 years ago, but recently, especially with these expanded playoffs, that if you get in, you have just as good of an opportunity to go make it to the World Series as other teams. As the 111-win Dodgers in 2022. We saw it for ourselves. So, Okay, our goal right now, yeah, the Padres' goal right now is to make it into a wild card, let's say, right? But then once they get there, then the goal is to go win the World Series, right? They'll say, yeah, our goal is to win the World Series, but there's steps to that. The step, the first step is to get into the postseason. And how do you do that? By at least being a wild card team. And then once you get in, everyone is zero and zero, it doesn't matter what you did in the previous 162 games. You did enough to get in. Now go win 11 games, however many games you need to win to go win the whole dang thing, right? I mean, that's that's how it is. So, yeah, I, I okay, so the Padres are merely, their goal is to qualify as a wildcard contender. Okay, so are a lot of other teams. And guess what? The Padres could still go make it to the World Series in 2024. And the Dodgers, they could do it as well with a huge payroll, but they also might flop in the NLDS and lose, right? So it's about making it there. And then let's say they're a wildcard team. You win your first two games, you win two out of the three, you win another three, you had to win four, and then you win another four. That's all that matters. So just get in. But yeah, the Padres, I mean, we know, like, what Bob is saying here, the wild spending days and all that, yeah, we, like, we know that that is over for this offseason for sure. We'll see what happens later down the road. The CBT is going to increase. But yeah, this offseason, we know, like, we're not surprised. Padre fans are not surprised by the lack of additions. You know, that, that's just how it is when you're playing at the the – not the top of the market, but mid, low part of the market, those players don't go right out. They don't go sign with teams right out of the gate. They don't sign with teams, uh, all of them, before the big guys sign. No, because there's other teams that are waiting for these big guys to make a decision, and then they're going to pivot to those guys, and those lower free agents are going to want to wait. What if the Dodgers miss out on this guy? What if the Cubs miss out on this guy, and they can offer me more money than a team like the Padres can or what the Padres at least are offering right now, you know? So that, that's just how it is. I'm not surprised by what Bob said here. If they only have $20 million a room, then expect some trades. It's not just going to be all free agency. I don't think. Um, Okay. I'm going to go to the chat here before getting to my realistic free agents just want to see what some people say here. Good morning to everybody. If you want to join the show again, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat, just like John has. What's up, John?
0: Oh, what's going on? You surprised me. I, I was I was thinking you're going to keep doing your monologue, but hey, I'll I'll hop on. No problem. Hey, how's I it going, man? I just saw you.
3: I don't want, yeah, whenever someone joins, I don't want them sitting there for like a half hour. So if I see you, I'll try to go to you.
0: Oh, I appreciate i appreciate the time yeah no i uh, i just kind of want to reiterate reiterate the point uh, and put things in perspective um that <clears throat> that um this will be the fourth highest payroll in padre's history uh, what we're kind of going for right now uh, i think it's less than $237 dollars it's the fourth highest payroll that we've as the Padres organization ever had. So we are spending money. Um, Obviously it is tied up in a lot of big contracts right now, but let's, you know, put things in perspective. We do have a lot of money that we're spending uh, definitely more in Padres history for sure. And we're definitely not the Rockies. That's for sure. So let's just put that into perspective as well. Yeah. um,
3: And there's going to, then there's going to be, you know, Padres fans that are going to be like, well, now you're sounding like Eric Grubner and now you're, Oh, just be thankful for this. Be thankful for that. When our expectations were World Series and now some people are like, well, no, just be thankful for this. Be thankful for that. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll make the playoffs. But that's also I mean, that's the scenario that we're in. So it's not like people are lying when they're saying that. But yeah, our expectations, at least for the regular season and uh, the hype around it have gone down because a lot has changed in the last
0: you know, year. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I mean, I for I am definitely one of those kind of people that was definitely down and out about this Padres organization. I mean, it's it's very hard to be a Padres fan and kind of sit there sitting mightily these days. Obviously, we have we've had a, a lot of bad things going for us, but I think we just have to take stock in what we do have. And we do have some good players on our team that we have signed up that we have signed long term. Um, and we really just kind of need to fill in on the margins, quite frankly. Obviously, you have two outfielders we have to fill out. We're still figuring out a first base situation. Um, our catcher situation is to be pretty locked up with campesano and Higashioka, and we have Sullivan on the on the on the back end of that. You know, there are there is upside to the Padres organization. I mean, we're not. I would say that we are in a better position than most teams in the national league standing right now that obviously have much higher expectations going in the giants. I think are a great example. They just have a bunch of pieces that quite frankly, just don't mix up well together. And uh, they also have a bullpen that is not really that strong of a bullpen. So I, I say putting th- putting things in perspective, Padres have a lot going for them and it really kind of hinges on our big guys showing up, producing, and being consistent throughout the entire year. I mean, that was that was the failure of this organization last season, was that when August rolled around and we needed Tatis, Soto, and Machado to do something about it, Machado got injured, Tatis and Soto didn't do so well. So, you know, we were two games away from being in the playoffs as a result. And so, you know, just kind of – we were that close is what I'm saying. We were close.
3: Yeah, I think – I mean, that, that's a valid point about being, you know, two games away from the playoffs. But how well did they have to play to get to that point there in September? And those pieces that really helped this past year are gone. Soto, yeah. best hitter, Snell, Hater when he was on the mound. Like, these guys are gone. I mean, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo had good years when they were healthy. Nick Martinez was up and down, but he's still a valuable arm to have because he can start, he can relieve. But these guys are gone. Now, they have replaced some of these guys with Michael King, who has upside. And we'll see what Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez can give. But what? who is the Blake Snell replacement? Michael King is not the Blake Snell replacement. He's the Lugo or Walker replacement. But that's he's not going to replace what Snell did this past year. Who is the Josh Hader replacement? I mean, it could be Matsui. It could be
0: Suarez, Go, maybe.
3: It could be Suarez one of them is going to have to do that but are they going to pitch as good as Josh Hader did but you could say well is the bullpen going to be really bad for when was that like june july it felt like it was really it was it was a struggle there like you did yeah bob melvin whoever he went to it didn't matter it was didn't not matter. bob melvin's fault it was like just pick someone out of a hat and yeah it's probably not going to work out so maybe that's not going to be as bad but i think that a lot of fans are just concerned with okay well they're not doing a whole lot this offseason there's not a lot of room to spend look at what other teams are doing around us we're losing guys look at the years that other guys had that are on the team that are stars they are they declining what's happening here and it's easy to get you know worried like oh this team's not going to make the postseason Uh, are we ever going to be close to winning a world series again but there's there's young talent coming up and all that i I think that this team can make the postseason, but yeah, you're right. The the big guys, in order for the Padres to make the postseason, Manny, Bogarts, Tatis, Kim's going to have to continue playing well if he's on the team. Like They have to play well or else, yeah, they're they're not going to have the talent around those guys to make the postseason or maybe even probably be two games within a postseason spot because there are other teams around the Padres that are getting better as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, and this kind of goes into a bigger, broader discussion about how the national media portrays the Padres and smaller market teams. You know, unless we're spending gargantuan amounts of money, then I think national interest will definitely kind of put us at a certain pedestal, you know, like expectations such as uh, the Yankees and the Dodgers have every single season. You know, the Padres and the Padres organization is not used to being... Uh, I guess, liked in the national media, I will say. And so I think the the likes of Bob, you know, Bob Nightingale and uh, Rosenthal and stuff like that, I, I would argue that they kind of have a little bit of a vendetta against the Padres because, you know, their teams didn't spend a whole lot um, when they needed them to spend when the pod were in Padres land, just, Oh my God, we just signed Xander Bogarts. We just signed all these crazy people to crazy extensions and stuff like that. So you know, we have to understand that we are always going to be the underdogs, no matter what we are going to be playing with house money. And, you know, we came in cocky as an organization, as a fan base coming into 2023. We thought, you know, we're just going to ride this 2022 season up until we go to the World Series this year, obviously didn't happen. and We got a little bit, bit of a taste of humble pie as a result. And so I think that we are Always have to remind ourselves that, you know, we are going to be the underdogs. We are not going to be expected to go far into the playoffs, let alone be in the playoffs. So let's just start playing like we have nothing to lose. And let's just start playing like we are here for a reason. And we you know we are just because we're good. And that's it. You know, we're not here to win. We're here to we're here to crush <laughs> crush souls, you know, in Yankees land or Cubs land or whatever. Who knows?
3: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. John, thank you so much. I appreciate the time, man.
0: No problem, everyone.
3: Sorry for catching you off guard. I just when people join the show, I don't want them sitting there, you know, for half hour while I'm you know rambling on because your time's valuable. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in here live on the show. So I don't want you to be sitting there and then, oh, you have to go and I don't get to you. So I appreciate those that do take the time to do that. Um, yeah, before getting to the realistic free agents, I do want to keep going through the chat here. Good morning to everybody. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer says good job on foul territory. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a that was a really cool experience. I appreciate them for having me on there. MCC nine five one says Potters are going to have to successfully develop from within to complement the stars. Yeah. And I think twenty twenty five is more of the year where you're going to see those guys like the double-A guys, a lot of them come up if they're not dealt. Snelling, Thorpe, hopefully all of 2025. Maybe he comes up at the end of 2024, but it doesn't seem like he'd be ready to go to start 2024. Um, So that's, I think this could be like a bridge year. You could see some of those guys come up, maybe second half of the year. Maybe some of those guys end up having a key role on this team if injuries happen or something, or if they play really well in spring training and then they continue to play well if they're in double-A or if they're in triple-A, let's say Merrill's in triple-A, I'm going to be very interested in seeing where Jackson Merrill plays. Does he play in left in spring training? Is he playing infield at short still? Like, what is happening there? Where is Graham Pauly playing? Uh, Nathan Mortarello, who's on the show, is he going to be sticking at first, try to develop him at first and have him come up and be at first? Um, What's going to happen there? But yeah, you're right. The Padres, they're going to have to have these guys in the farm system come up and help this team or else we're going to have some more of these off seasons where it's probably going to feel like yeah there's not a whole lot of room to spend because of these stars that are locked up and then we're going to be continuing to be uh hunting for bargains you know the the low part of free agency not the stars but i did tweet this out this morning let's keep in mind that next off season now the padres they might not be shopping at the top of the market like i totally understand that but there are benefits for the padres being under the luxury tax the 237 number that raises to 241 next off season and the penalty can reset it resets if they're under it this year and so if they get back over it then it's a 20% tax on all overages instead of losing a bunch of draft picks and the, the penalties increasing even more because it's whatever their whatever straight year of being over. Right. Frayden's next off season include yes, Juan Soto. He's not coming back. I don't see that. They're not paying $500 million for Soto, but there's Paul Goldsmith. We know the Padres, maybe Martarella ends up being the first baseman of the future, or they move Bogarts to first and he's willing to do that or whatever. But, um, Goldsmith's out there. Pete Alonzo's out there. Those are Alonzo's going to have to be a big contract, though. So I'm not trying to sit here and say, like, yeah, the Padres, they're going to sign huge deals with these guys. But who knows? Trades could happen. Things can happen. Guys could not be on the team that we think they're going to be on the team, and then that can open up some different possibilities. But there are some free agents out there like Max Freed, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Pete Alonzo, Paul Goldsmith, Juan Soto. Bregman and Altuve don't fit, but they're out there as well next offseason. So that is something to look at. Even if it's not the Padres signing those guys, but maybe it's the Giants, the Dodgers, I don't know how much more money they're going to be able to spend after this offseason, but maybe the D backs, maybe other teams in the National League, like teams in the NL Central, teams in the NL East, the Mets, right? They take away some of those guys, and then the Padres have to contend against those guys. Um, you know, come 2025 and beyond. Um, so that that is something to at least keep in store in the back of your head there. Um, JD's third asked Ben, who do you blame the most for the Padres' financial struggles? Keep in mind the spending spree started in 2019. Would a different front office have made better choices? Um, I mean, maybe another front office wouldn't have signed Eric Hosmer, but... How much of a decision was that the front office or was that Ron Fowler, right? How much was the Bogarts move Preller or Peter Seidler? So maybe it was, maybe if the Padres had different ownership. And I don't want to blame Peter Seidler. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying, what if there was different ownership? Maybe they wouldn't have signed that. Someone like Xander Bogarts to a $280 million deal. Maybe they wouldn't have signed Eric Hosmer when there wasn't much interest from anyone else. Maybe they would have taken that as a sign, like, hey, maybe we should give less money to this guy. Maybe there's some red flags here. Um, but at the same time, some ownership may not have given Tatis a $340 million extension before he had played a full season in the big leagues. But that might end up being like the the best contract in baseball because of how long he's locked up and how team friendly that deal may end up being, right? Maybe there's some ownerships around baseball that would have let Musgrove go to freedancy instead of taking advantage and go sign him and lock him up. You know, maybe some GMs would not have been willing to trade some of the top prospects that AJ did for Juan Soto. And that ended up kind of working in 2022. They make the postseason, they go on the long postseason run and then they turn it into michael king who could end up being good for the padres drew thorpe who could end up being a top of the rotation mid-rotation guy for the padres and be a cheap contract so there's some give and take you know sure they made some bad trades they made some bad free agent signings like every gm in baseball by the way it's not just a padres thing but they've also made some pretty darn good moves as well uh, Viva Padres says, like, everyone has different personal finances, so do baseball teams. Yep. yep. And no, we do not have a TV deal. That is true. We do not have a TV deal. All right. I see some getting into Garrett Cooper, Jerks, and Profar here in the comments. So, yeah, let's get into some of the realistic free agent targets for the San Diego Padres. I'm going to start with the starting pitching, and then I'll go to outfield and then first base because those are, like, the three main parts of the roster that the Padres need to go acquire some pieces for so starting pitching wise and I was just looking on spot track this morning seeing the market value of some guys I tried to keep it around five mil and then there's some guys that don't even have a market value placed next to their name so it probably won't cost too much to bring those guys in on a one-year deal or whatever one year in an option because AJ loves to Uh, allow those options to be given out to those players. If you suck, you can stay. If you're really good, you can go get money elsewhere. Um, Starting pitching, I'm going to start with Hingen Ryu. If the market falls. On track, it says 8.1 mil around that. He only had 17 starts the last two seasons. So he's dealt with some injuries. I don't think that his value is too high. I think some probably don't even know that Hingen Ryu is a free agent. But, yeah, I saw that he was a free agent. I forgot that he was a free agent going into me doing some research on this. So, I mean, there there has been talent there, obviously. I think he started an opening day or maybe that was a Petco Park home opener one of these years when he was on the Dodgers. So it was there, and he got, a, if I remember correctly, a, a good contract with the Blue Jays. But that would be a, let's hope this guy can be healthy. If he can give you anything, that's great. But should the Padres be wasting money on a big question mark? You know, probably not. Alex Wood, he's out there, 5.9 mil value. Over 25 games games started the last three years, so I don't think that he's going to cost just like one year for 6 mil. It's probably going to be more than that. You know, if is getting $14 million a year from a team like the New York Mets, I know they have a lot of money to spend, but they're not trying to win this year. Now, they could just go flip him um, if they're not contending at the deadline, or they do want him for 2025. It's a back end starter. But these guys were getting a lot of money Jack Flaherty, Kenta Maeda, Frankie Montas, how much he got from the Cincinnati Reds on a one year deal. Like, I think Alex Wood, with some of the durability that he has shown the past few years, I don't think the Padres are going to be able to get him for $5, 6000000 million. So maybe he's actually not a real fit for the Padres and for agency, but. In terms of market value, he is out there. Eric Lauer is another name that I saw. I think that he saw some. I, excuse me. I think that he said some bad things about the Padres when he was with Milwaukee. I remember he did have some bad quotes there about the Padres. So I'm not so sure a reunion would happen. But just guys that are out there, Lauer is a left-handed guy. We don't have any lefties in our rotation. We have Musgrove, we have Darvish, we have Michael King. And then Pedro Avila, I believe he's a righty as well. So, like, we need lefties in there. Just, like, need some lefty hitters. Really right heavy, like, throughout the roster is what I'm seeing. Um, So, that's good that he's a lefty, but he was in minor league baseball a lot last year. Did not make a lot of starts at the big league level. Uh, I think he dealt with shoulder impingement uh, at the beginning of 2023. So, he might be another question mark, but... Ruben might be able to get something out of him, but I'm not so sure he wants to be back with the Padres. Um, Julio Tehran, $5.7 million value. This is another guy like Alex Wood that he may actually get more than that just because of how great, how player friendly this free agent market has been. This is a guy that has had success, obviously, a lot, a lot of years at the big league level. And what does he feel about the Padres, though? Now, maybe he just wants a starting job, and if the Padres can give him that, then he'll come back to the Padres. But remember, the Padres had him last year. They said, nope, we're good, we'll put you in the minors, and then he went and started games for the Milwaukee Brewers. So how does he feel about the Padres? Is he just like, oh, now you want me to be in the rotation because you desperately need an arm? but I had a good spring training and you don't believe it. You didn't believe in me enough to put me on the roster last year. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go to another team. Maybe that's how he feels. And he's a righty. So again, like the Padres, they need some lefties. Um, There's no market value guys listed on spot track like Dallas Keuchel who pitched for the twins. I think, I think he did pretty well, but there are some question marks there. He wasn't what he used to be when he was winning that Cy Young for the Houston Astros. But he is a lefty. I don't think he would cost too much. But I feel like we're asking a lot of Ruben diebla Like, maybe he can get a lot out of Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. Maybe he can fix Luis Patino. Maybe Matt Wald and Pedro Avila can take steps forward. Maybe we bring in some dude who hasn't been very good last year, the last couple of years, or he has injury history. Maybe he can stay healthy with the Padres, and maybe Ruben Niebla can turn this guy into an amazing pitcher. Like, he's not going to be able to hit on everyone. I mean, Ruben is, it seems like he's one of the better pitching coaches in baseball. And credit to AJ Preller for going out and getting him and saying, Bob Melvin, he is on your staff. Like, I don't care who you want to bring in. Ruben, that's non negotiable. He is a pitching coach. He is the pitching coach here. And credit for keeping Ruben Niebla. I know he's under contract, but making sure that Ruben is going to be here. That guy better be signed to an extension. Um, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of say with the Padres because Mike Schilt, he is delegating on that coaching staff. So he's going to have a lot of say with the pitching there. But I think that we're putting a lot on Ruben, like maybe he can fix all of these guys and everything works out and the Padres can have a great pitching staff and a great rotation, you know? Um, so and that's not even... Talking about, oh, well, Adrian Morahone, maybe he can be healthy finally. Or Yuki Matsui, are they going to adjust, go, right? Can Ruben help those guys adjust to the big league level when they were not facing big league hitters for the last seven years, you know, in Japan or in Korea, right? So it's just a lot of, well, maybe if Ruben can do this, if Ruben can do that. But again, this is the situation that the Padres are in. Um, Jose Urania used to pitch for the Marlins. I think he's a righty, though. Uh, Justice Sheffield was once a really high-touted minor league prospect, and he was traded to Seattle from the Yankees, and he just didn't really pan out there. I I I guess I compare him to Luis Patino, how he was touted, and he was traded um, in a pretty big trade, right? James Paxton was, I think, going to the Yankees in that deal. Padres got Blake Snell, and those guys go to those other teams, and they just don't really pan out. And Patino now back with the Padres, but he was with the White Sox, and Justice Sheffield just didn't work out there with the Mariners, and he is a free agent, at least according to Spot Track. There, that is, but then that's another one where it's like maybe Ruben can get something out of Justice Sheffield because there's talent there, but maybe, maybe, maybe. But again, that's that's the situation. That the Padres are in. Um, there's another name that I need to. I feel like I need to mention because it's going to get brought up by someone. And that name as the the last guy that I have down here who is a free agent, and that is Trevor Bauer. I don't know if you have seen, but he is on his apology tour. He was on WFAN in New York. He was on Fox News. I'm sure there's some other outlets that he has been on. And he has allowed the host to ask him anything. And he has tried to explain himself. And he's saying, I hope that another team will give me a second chance. I understand that I've made mistakes. And I I was very, this is what he has said. I, I listened to the WFAN interview that he did. And pretty much like, yeah, I was not careful enough, essentially with my relationships. I was very focused on baseball and all that, but that did not carry over to my personal relationships with others. And that's not going to happen again. And I hope to get a second chance is pretty much what he's saying there. The Padres, could they get him for the league minimum? Could they get him for 700,000? Could they get him for 1 million on a one-year deal? Probably because there's no teams out there has had talks with teams but there's it doesn't seem like there's any team out there that's like yeah we want trevor bauer let's go get trevor bauer at this discount or else wouldn't have already happened because if you're trevor bauer wouldn't you want to go sign with the team and just get the media stuff done with and know that you have a home but that hasn't happened i don't think there's many teams in baseball that are having the conversation with trevor bauer and then i think the list is probably even smaller that are seriously going to consider signing him the Padres do I think they should sign Trevor Bauer of course not do they need that headache in the clubhouse he may say I'm not going to do the YouTube stuff I'm not going to be a headache but those are words like actions speak louder than words and the Padres need left-handed pitching is Trevor Bauer a left-handed pitcher no did he pitch well in Japan yeah from what I've From some of the stats, I think, that I've seen. But is he a guarantee to bounce back and pitch really well at the big league level? I guess he's throwing upper 90s velocity like it's still there. But that is a huge distraction, I would say, for the Padres if they sign Trevor Bauer. And the last thing the Padres need is more distractions, right? There was a lot of hype last year, distractions, and look how that played
2: out, right?
3: There are other guys out there. Are they as talented as Trevor Bauer? Probably not. But there are other guys out there that you can bring in that no one will care about. And there will be no questions to Manny Machado. How do you feel about the Padres bringing in Trevor Bauer? Or asking players that have kids. So what what are you telling your kids about uh, this new guy, Trevor Bauer, that's coming into the clubhouse? how do you feel about Trevor Bauer coming into the clubhouse? Right? Like that's the Trevor Bauer signing would not just, you know, make Mike Schultz's job more difficult talking to the media or bring more attention to the Padres. So why would they sign Trevor Bauer? Why would AJ Preller do this? Why would Eric Kutsenda Padres ownership? Why would they allow this? Why they're okay with this, but it would affect Padres team, his teammates as well. Padres players that have, to talk about this distraction. And whoever, if a team signs Bauer, maybe Bauer really helps that team. But I'm willing to take the risk of not signing Bauer and just bringing in other guys, making trades, and you can win that way, right? Like, you can win a World Series without Trevor Bauer. Every team in history has proven that. So I'm not going to take that. I'd like Trevor Bauer to prove, I'll, I'll let another team take on that, And have Bauer prove that with another team before even considering Trevor Bauer. And I'm just not a big fan of Trevor Bowers, to be honest. So, there's that. But yes, Trevor Bauer is a free agent. And the Padres, who need to bring in guys that don't cost a lot of money because they don't have a lot of room, it would fit for the Padres, you would think. But there's a lot of other things that if I'm AJ Preller, if I'm Eric Kutsena, if I'm Eric Gruppner, if I'm anyone that has any influence in that organization, I am not going to be advocating to bring Trevor Bauer into this clubhouse. That's just not gonna happen. I'm not dealing with that. Um, so yeah, those are, you know, those are the starting pitching guys. Maybe the Padres are okay with trading for a starter. I, I feel like this is what could end up happening. They acquire a starting pitcher who's controllable, young, not making much money. And, you know, maybe five, seven million dollars, maybe even less than that. Maybe they're literally on their rookie deal and it's like three million dollars that they're making in 2024. And he's their four starter. Right. And then maybe the Padres are OK with signing like, you know, this the scrap guys to be triple A depth guys. Right, Guys that don't get signed are looking for any team to give them a chance in spring training. You just go sign those guys, right, for depth. And they're okay with having Johnny Burrito, Randy Vasquez, Luis Patino, Jay Groom, I don't think so, but I guess you could throw them in there if you want to. Pedro Avila, Matt Waldron fighting for the five spot. And they're just okay with that. And they'll go spend on a couple of outfielders, find a way to get to, you know, $20 $20 million of spending for the rest of the off season, And maybe they find like we can't spend on two big league starters with this pitching market. And we have to trade for one and we'll have these other guys fight for the five spot and we'll just see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, then I guess we'll just keep trying to cycle through guys until someone has a couple of good starts. We'll ride with that person. We can have openers for the five spot. Maybe that's what the Padres end up doing because there's free agent guys out there. Like I've mentioned here, some of these names, but are they all that appealing? Are these pitchers really that appealing? Not really. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Padres do pitching wise, outfield wise. I'm going to get to the outfield market and then first base after this break. Check out Gaglione bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars road. You can visit their website, gagleonbros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. I just saw – I was looking on Twitter and saw that the Aztecs are back in the top 25. So, yay. That's great. Yay. Um, They play San Jose State tomorrow, by the way, and then this coming weekend they – play who is it new mexico at new mexico only two losses on the year finally they're in the ap top 25 but i don't really care like i only care about the net and what they do on the court i don't care about um opinionated top 25 votes like whatever um outfield wise okay michael a taylor is the first name that i have written down 7.2 million dollars is the market value And is he going to have as good of a year offensively as he had this past year? I'm not so sure about that. Putting him in Petco Park in comparison to like target field and facing some of the AL Central teams, the AL Central pitching, is he going to hit? How many home runs did he hit? Like 17? Is he going to do that again for the Padres like he did for the Twins? And are the Padres going to feel as desperate as maybe the Twins to bring Michael A. Taylor in. Now, Michael A. Taylor, let's look. I mean, the OPS, it's not anything like, oh my gosh, got to have this guy, 720. OPS plus is 6% below league average at 94. His on-base percentage is well below 300, but he hit 21 home runs, 1.9 war, which is what Grish pretty much does when he was hitting below 200. You know, so... Center field just might be one of those positions where you don't expect much. You put them at the bottom of the order. They play good defense. You're not paying them really anything. And maybe the Padres wait for Jacob Marcy to come up. You know, like Michael A. Taylor. If if Kiermaier and Bader got you know ten plus million dollars, what is Michael A. Taylor going to get? Around the same thing, maybe a little bit less. But do the Padres want to spend, let's say, eight million dollars, seven million dollars on a center fielder who's going to hit ninth? Or a center fielder who's gonna hit eight if they want, you know, a second leadoff guy. And he's not a lefty, right? You want lefty bats. So I'm not I don't know how much Michael A. Taylor is really a fit with the Padres. Like it's a name that we know. Plays good defense, really fast, had a a pretty good power year, especially for Michael A. Taylor, but is that gonna happen again? And you're putting him in Petco Park, and he's a righty, not a lefty. So yeah, for, I don't know why. I feel like the Padres, Aaron Hicks, is who they're going to sign, and he might just be the center fielder to start the year. Kevin Pilar's a righty. Aaron Hicks is a lefty. You know, Pilar, it's cheap, one-year defense, but he's not going to give you anything offensively. Aaron Hicks, he could give you something good offensively. I mean, um, less than $1 million is his market value on track. He played good 65 games with the Baltimore Orioles, let me look up his numbers here. But with the Yankees, I mean, that was a terrible contract that it ended up being. And the Yankees ended up cutting bait with him, and Yankees fans were pretty happy where, when Aaron Hicks ended up going. But yeah, here is what he did with the Baltimore Orioles compared to his time with the Yankees. With the Yankees, in eight years, he hit 232. He had a 735 OPS, and his OPS plus was literally 100 league average. With the Orioles for 65 games, 275 hitter, 381 on base, 806 OPS, and a 127 OPS plus. So this is kind of like the Bellinger thing, right? Where Hicks, he's shown talent. Bellinger, shown talent. Now Hicks hasn't won an MVP, right? I understand that. They had Hicks had good time with the Orioles. Bellinger, really good year with the Cubs. But what are these guys? Hicks, I'm not saying he's going to get 200 mil. Like, maybe a team will bite on Bellinger. But, like, who are these guys? That's what the Padres have to ask. Now, maybe you don't have to ask that question. If Hicks is going to sign for the Adam Engel deal, one year, $1 million, which I don't even know. Like, you could spot track and say the market value for Hicks is less than a mil. But anyone, if you played, you have any experience in the big leagues, and he has a lot of experience in the big leagues, He's played 11 years. You have experience in the big leagues. You're going to get more than a million dollars is just what it seems like, or at least a mil. But let's say it's one mil and the Padres give him that. Maybe you don't have to weigh, Oh, is this who he really is? Because it's $1 million and you're waiting for Marci to come up. He can be a bench left-handed outfielder bat. If you need him to, Um, I was encouraged by what I saw with the Orioles, but is that gonna happen at Petco Park? It's a lefty. But like, are Padres fans going to be getting super excited about Aaron Hicks? It's a name. I think Padres fans know the name Aaron Hicks, like because he played for the Yankees a lot, got that contract with the Yankees. Maybe they saw some of the numbers that he put up with the Baltimore Orioles, but it, none of these names, like I said earlier, earlier, these names, they're names that you've heard of, but they're not gonna be like, Oh, my gosh, we signed Blake Snell. Oh, my gosh, we signed Xander Bogarts. We signed Manny Machado. It's not going to be that. So just got to prepare ourselves. But I I would not be surprised at all if the Padres brought in Aaron Hicks and had him be the center fielder. As a lefty bat, can play center. He can play another quarter if that's what the Padres want him to do. And he's not going to cost as much as someone like Tommy Pham. Definitely Cody Bellinger, obviously. Probably not going to cost as much as Michael A. Taylor, believe it or not. So maybe there's that. There's Eddie Rosario's out there, $6.5 million value. I've mentioned him before. I think he and David Peralta, maybe the Padres do that. But Peralta, is he going to get only 5 mil from a team or could he get 10 mil from a team that really wants that left fielder, left-handed bat, and they're willing to do that? I don't know how high. Like I'm, I, I wonder how high the Padres are going to go with an outfielder, with a left fielder or a center fielder. Are they going to go to eight mil or do they really want to keep it five mil? Like like Bob Nightingale saying there's notice there's like no leaks that are coming out from AC or Dennis Lynn really on who the Padres are looking at. So let's take what Nightingale is saying with a grain of salt. They, they could go spend $10 million on a, on a starter or a left fielder or a center fielder. Like, it feels like they're going to have to spend more than $5 million on someone if they want to go the free agency route. Just that's what the market is. Um, but yeah, like, is David Peralta out of their market? Like, is he not in their budget? They're not going to spend $8, 9000000 million on David Peralta. Like, they can't do that. Because I, I think David Peralta is a pretty good option to have. He can start games. He's a left-handed bat. That's a professional at-bat that he will give. I'm not saying that guy's going to be the three-hitter on the team, but that's a decent one-year option to have as a lefty bat. I believe there's some strikeout in Aaron Hicks's bat. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is out there as well. He's a lefty bat. Um, plays center field. So maybe the Padres go that route over Kevin Pillar because Pillar's a righty, Bradley's a lefty. Both aren't going to give you really anything offensively. Um, but again, those are names that the Padres, Padres fans are not going to get excited about. I mean, Austin Meadows is out there, but you know, there's question marks with all these guys. He had what 21 at bats in 2023. And I think he was dealing with some mental issues. So does he want to play Major League baseball? I, I don't even know the answer to that question. To be honest, there's Corey Dickerson out there. Two home runs last year, though, obviously jerks and pro far. Is someone that I expect to be back. I would be surprised if he's not back. He could get the same amount as Aaron Hicks. I mean, just give him like one year deal, one to three million dollars for each of those guys. And I don't think Profar should be starting every day in left field. Like twenty twenty two is great, but look what he did this past year. Um, Aaron Hicks, you know, he might be the opening day center fielder. Maybe they have Jackson Merrill be in left field. Maybe they have Marcy play center field for some reason on opening day, even though it seems like almost everyone's saying that, yeah, probably not ready to go opening day. Jim Callis came on the show um last month and was telling me that like, yeah, I'd be surprised if, if Marcy is the starting center fielder on opening day. And uh Merrill Probably could use some time there in triple A, but also with AAA, like how much are you gonna be judging in triple A? Because that that can be a hitters ballpark. That could be a hitter's league. I mean, look at the numbers that Trace Thompson put up in triple A. And then what did he do at the big league level? And no more Mazzaro. Remember him? So it's is it worth it to put him in triple A or put him in double A a little bit and make sure that he's hitting well? And then you bring him up. Or do you just bring him up at the start of the year, get the most games you can out of him. Um, Yeah, it's it's just not a lot of great options. At first base, there's someone like Joey Votto, but he's 40. And his market value is a little over $5 million. You're going to spend over $5 million on Joey Votto? I love Joey Votto's personality. It would be an interesting guy to have on the Padres. But how much is he going to give you? That's not someone that's going to play first base for you every day, is it? There's Brandon Belt out there. Now, I was surprised his market value at first base, $2.5 million when he had a 136 OPS plus in 2023. There are the injuries that could happen. You know, It's not like he's 20 anymore. He's not 25. But I think he'll get more than that from someone. But if the market value is that, then yeah, you you sign Brandon Belt to be able to play first base because you don't want Jake Cronenworth playing first base every day again in 2023 i don't think the padres want that so yeah bringing someone in that has a ton of first base experience he has he's won multiple world series obviously with the giants if the number can be like that you know aj talking to the media last month i think it was about how yeah probably waiting till january market when that market comes down it's more friendly to the padres essentially was what he was saying if that does happen then yeah, Brandon Belt is probably a realistic option. There's Jared Walsh out there who was an all-star in 2021. But to be an all-star, all you have to do is have a really good first half. That doesn't account for the second half that you have. He hasn't done really much. I think he hit 15 home runs the year after that in 22, but then had a really bad year in 23. Dom Smith, below average hitter with the Washington Nationals. I don't know how much he would get on a one-year deal. Remember when Dom Smith, was in those trade talks with the Mets. I think Chris Paddock was going to go over there, right? That, that might have been in spring training, the The Mets-Padres trade talks that were getting reported. And then that ends up not happening. I think then, like, right before open or on opening day, it was the trade with the Twins where Paddock goes to the Twins, Emilio Pagan goes to the Twins, Padres got back, Brent Rooker and Rogers. And was there one other guy they got back or was it just those two? Might have been just those two. But yeah, that was, that was interesting. We know the Padres have been interested. That's my point. They have been interested in Dom Smith in the past, but a lot has happened in the past, but he's not going to cost much. It's going to be a one-year deal. But again, these are deals that aren't going to excite the Padres fan base, you know, but I don't think Padres fans should be expected to be super excited about these deals the Padres make. The only thing that the Padres fans should be excited for is if they make a trade and it's someone that's really interesting. I don't think you're going to be excited about someone that they sign in free agency with the budget that is being thrown around there. Who are you going to be excited about? Like I will, if they sign Aaron Hicks, yeah, I'll be posting Aaron Hicks um, defense and some of the home runs that he hits because he does have some power and like, I'll be excited about, hey, maybe we can get some good moments out of him, but that's not going to be like a they freaking signed Aaron Hicks. This is like a roster-changing, season-changing signing. that That's just not what the Padres are going to be doing. So those are some names that I throw out there. Um, if you have any other names, feel free to put them in the chat. Uh, and I'm going to go to the chat here next after reminding you about some of the great partners of the show. Uh, but yeah, the, the Freedance, I, I think that those are realistic because it's not going to cost a lot of money, really. Foco, great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. You can click the link in the description for them. There, same thing with Breaking Tea. They got some Padres, Aztec, San Diego Wave, great shirts and sweatshirts. Other um, cities and fan bases as well. If you're a fan of an NFL team, they've got you there as well. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Click that link in the description for that or use code Talking Friars. The national championship games tonight in the college football playoff, Washington and Michigan. So there'll be some picks, some opportunities there that you can have some entries on there. Um, Obviously, a lot of other sports going on, even without Major League Baseball happening right now. And then us, you know, being in the offseason and still waiting for some of the big free agents to fall. Before getting to the chat, to Oscar Hernandez, if you missed that, he signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. What does this mean with, for the Padres? I mean, it's another bat the Padres are going to have to face. And this is a guy that can hit the Dodgers 20, 30 home runs. But the good news, I guess, is it's a one-year deal, but there's money that's deferred. And I don't know what the Dodgers did to this guy where they, he's totally okay with signing a one-year deal, but As I said on my Baseball Struck YouTube channel, talking about just Major League Baseball in general, I could see why Teoscar did this. I mean, he's not coming off of his best year, F-war-wise. And the Dodgers, he could go win with the Dodgers or be a contender, play really well with them, and then get a multi-year deal off of that. The Dodgers are known for turning some careers around. I'm not saying Teoscar needs his career to be turned around, but they're known for getting the most out of players. And he could turn that into a bigger multi-year deal than what he would have gotten some of the other offers. I think the Red Sox offered like two years. Maybe he gets three, four years from a team in free agency next offseason. Next next offseason free agency is pretty loaded though. So we'll see. But yeah, for the Padres, I mean, this is a guy that the Padres were not going to land, not going to be interested in. They were not going to sign Teoscar Hernandez to a one-year contract worth their entire budget because that's what it is. Now, that money is deferred, some of the money, but they weren't, they're not spending, I think it's $15 million that he's going to get paid in 2024. They are not going to do that for any player. They didn't do it for Michael Walker, 16 mil per year. They didn't do it for Seth Lugo on three years, 15 mil a year. They're not going to do that for a starting pitcher for one year is what it seems like. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that the Padres weren't interested in Teoscar Hernandez. I am surprised that Teoscar signed a one-year deal. I am a little surprised that he went to the Dodgers because I didn't think the Dodgers were going to give Teoscar Hernandez a, a big multi-year deal. I was not expecting a one-year deal. But it's a one-year deal, so it's not that surprising. Um, if you would have told me that, yeah, it's going to be a one-year deal. But, yeah, that, that's a move that happened. Other teams around baseball making moves while the Padres are not, um, at least as of now. They're going to have to make moves, obviously, because they have to build the roster. There's the San Francisco Giants who traded for Robbie Ray, who is not going to be impactful for them in the first half of the year, but he could be really good in the second half, and he could be really good for them um, when he doesn't opt out after 2024 because he's coming off of an injury. So why would he opt out? But they, they gave Mitch Hanniger to the Mariners, Anthony Di Scafani to the Mariners. So does that open up more spending for the Giants? Does that make them go spend on Blake Snell? I could see Snell for sure going to the Giants. I could see Matt Chapman going to the Giants. We'll see. Um, but again, like the Giants, they're in a different spot than the Padres are in. They don't have Bogarts, Tatis, and Manny locked up to long-term contracts. They don't have long-term contracts. They have Jung-Hoo Lee, who they overpaid, to come to the Giants. They have Logan Webb, who I think signed an extension there, right? Or a new contract. But they don't have a big contract. The Carlos Correa thing, thing fell through. Harper didn't want to go there. They tried with Stanton on the trade. He didn't want to go there. He ends up going to the Yankees. They tried with Yamamoto and Otani, missed on that. They tried with Aaron Judge, missed on that. So they're in a different spot. You know, the Padres have brought in... Big for Aiden. So they gave Tatis that big extension for 340. They locked down Manny. Bogart's at 280. Musgrove at 100. Suarez at 46. Darvish at 108, I think it is, right? Like They've already spent a lot of money. Crony at uh, seven years for, what, 80 mil or whatever. So we're in a different spot. Padres, they've made their bed. Now they have to lay in it. The Giants sort of are, tr- are trying to make their bed right now, if that makes sense. The Dodgers, I mean, they've made their bed. They have to lay in it, but it's not... It doesn't seem too negative for the Dodgers because they have freaking Shoei Otani and Yamamoto and Betts and Freeman. Although those guys came up incredibly small in the postseason. But, you know, that goes back to my point of, hey, you never know. Just get into the postseason. You know, with Nightingale saying, well, Padres go from World Series contenders to trying to just make the wild card. Okay, yeah, it sucks that we don't have Juan Soto. It sucks that we don't have those high expectations because you want to have hater and snow on that the caliber of those the caliber of those guys on your roster, of course. But if you get in, you can go win the World Series. If you get in, you can make the World Series. A bunch of teams have proved that recently. So maybe Bob just wasn't watching the postseason or he forgot about that postseason, those multiple postseasons. It wasn't just one. But, yeah, I mean, it can happen. Just make the postseason. Easier said than done. Padres have to have urgency from, like, day one here. Um, all right. Going to the chat here. Where did I leave off? I think I was with Christopher here. Christopher says Cooper and Profar would be great. I mean, Profar is a bench guy, utility guy. Cooper. You need left-handed bats. I don't think that does a whole lot if the Padres just re-signed Garrett Cooper. I guess that's another guy that could be a fit. But even he might get more than, like, $5 million a year. Um. Let's see here. Devin says, Profar... Uh, I guess Joey Gallo is another one out there. But, I mean... Because with the potential the potential of Joey Gallo. Just the potential. Won't he get more than $5 million? The potential. One of these years, the Potters are going to sign Joey Gallo, so it might be this offseason. But yeah, Gallo's there. Uh, Stroman, I don't know how realistic that is. I don't think that's realistic. I don't think Imanaga's realistic. $100 million is being thrown out there for Imanaga, so I don't think that's realistic. Profar and Gallo are, I would say are more realistic. Jennifer says, I like Stephen Wilson for closing. I I think that the Padres, it's going to be Suarez, Matsui, or Go. Those are the three. And then Daniel De Los Santos you might throw in there before you get to Stephen Wilson. We'll see what Cosgrove does here as well in 2024. Mark says, I would have liked AJ to extend Kim and not sign Xander, but it is what it is now. As fans, we ride with the team win or lose. Yeah, for sure. I'm a Padres fan. Like, you guys in here were Padres fans. We're still going to root for the team, and we could still be pissed off, though, with, you know, the the lack of room that they have. It also is easy to go back in hindsight and be like, yeah, I would have, I would have signed something Kim when you don't know if he was going to have a great year in 2023. What if Hassan Kim wouldn't have had a good year? What if he would have taken a step back? Would we have been like, yeah, extend Hassan Kim? You know, like it's easy in hindsight to say that. Now, I think this isn't a hindsight thing with Bogarts. Why did we give him $280 million? That's not a hindsight thing. That's I think what a lot of people around baseball, not just fans, Padre fans, but around baseball people were saying, you know, 280, what the heck? No team was coming close to $280 million. That should not have happened. Now, signing Xander Bogarts is debatable. Like, we already had a bunch of shortstops. Why are they doing this? But the Padres wanted to add a star. They wanted to just pull out the best lineup possible in 23. Maybe Peter Seidler had something to do with that. We don't know. I think it's dangerous to to speculate about that. Um, yeah. I, it's easy to say a lot of things in hindsight. I'll say that. Mike says Imanaga and Profar should be priority if we cannot afford to get Snell back. Imanaga, again, like, like 100 mil is being thrown out there. When I was on foul territory, Adam Jones threw out $100 million. And I saw someone else a reporter, not just a former player, throw out 100 mil as well. I think it was Robert Murray, a fan cited, who has some sources. So that's not going to happen. Imanaga's, I, I would be surprised if Imanaga comes to the Padres. Yeah, Andrew, I agree. Imanaga, too expensive. I don't think Imanaga's going to the Dodgers. I mean, I guess you can't rule anything out with that team that loves to you know, anyone will defer anything with that team now because um, they want to join. And I guess credit to them for wanting to do that and being okay with doing that. But it feels like the the, the Dodgers are about done spending-wise this offseason. I mean, Teoscar, Yamamoto, Otani, now. I mean, that's a lot of money for four players that they're bringing in, right? Four main guys. They made some other additions as well. but. It seems like they have a pretty good roster, so you could always have more pitching, but they're not going to spend 100 on Imanaka. That's not happening. Uh, Brent Suter, okay, yeah, that's another name you can throw in there pitching-wise. Profar Smith, Dom Smith, like I said, yeah, that, that's realistic. Uh, Michael A. Taylor, I don't know how realistic it is. He might get outpriced. Too pricey for the Padres. Gallo, yes, seem realistic for the Padres. How much would Gallo be worth? I know FanGraphs has that uh, dollar value metric. So let me go to Gallo's page here. Scroll all the way down. Let's see what he was worth. He, I mean, last year he wasn't even that good. Five point eight mil is what he is. What the thing is? That's what it says on FanGraphs. Five point eight. Again, like, it's potential. And, yeah, he did hit some bombs for the Twins. So, do the Padres want to do that for a guy that's going to strike out a lot? He, he might just end up being a bench player for you at some point, just like he was a bench player for the Twins when it mattered the most. No, I see Hoskins being brought up. Nope, that's he might get $17-18 on, like, a one-year deal. Uh, a pillow contract. Maybe there's, it's a one year and an option. The Padres, no, he's not getting like five mil from the Padres on a one year deal. Alex says, pod, uh, people need to get out of their heads that we are going to reset and go after Soto. I see people saying we're pulling off a Dodgers 2022 off season. Yeah. I don't see Soto coming. Maybe there's a pitcher that comes or another position player that comes, but, um yeah Soto I don't see. Yeah. They're not the Padres aren't paying Soto 500 million dollars. With the big contracts that they have locked up, I don't see that. But they could bring in instead of shopping on, you know, at the low part of the market, they could shop at the mid part of the market, the middle or maybe one of the high end guys surprisingly if that guy really wants to come to the Padres or something. I don't know who that guy would be though. Um yeah, I don't know. They could trade for someone who has one year left and then they extend that guy or yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, soto I agree with. That's that's not happening. Um Dodger fans, surprisingly, in the chat. Saying that Padre fans are pathetic. Well, You can go elsewhere, please. Thank you. You don't need to be in here. JD's Third says, Teoscar set the market 23.5 mil. Yikes. I think that he would have gotten less AAV-wise from a team, but since it was one year he got more and some of the money was deferred, it's really like one year 15 mil in terms of the money the Dodgers are paying in 2024. So I don't think that's that bad for Teoscar. I mean, that's what free agency is with, like, everyone. Everyone is getting a lot of money. You could be a, a mid-pitcher, and you're going to get paid. Even if it's for one year, you're going to get a good amount of money. More than what you probably thought you were going to get. Yeah, I said this earlier. JD's third says, Rumi Diablo will be overworked. He'll need to be a miracle worker. So much on his plate. I mean, when you don't have a whole lot of a lot of room, you don't have a lot of money to go around. You know, Ruben's a good pitching coach, and he's helped in the past with guys turn guys around and get a lot out of guys that you know weren't these huge con- huge contract pitchers. Then. People are going to have the expectation that, oh, this guy can go save this guy. This guy can get a ton out of this guy that we're not going to pay a lot of money. It's a one-year deal. Um, Yeah, Ruben's going to be a busy guy for sure. You could throw Ben Fritz in there and whoever else is on the staff. I don't think it's just a Ruben Niebla thing, but yeah, of course. He has a lot of of say, and everything runs through Ruben Niebla pitching-wise, of course. Um, let's see here. Chris says, not surprising, but it's funny that Bauer is not listed on MLB as a free agent option. Like Emily.com. Maybe because they they're probably like, well, no team's going to sign him. Let's not list him. Why would we list him? But he is a free agent. A team could sign him, but I don't think any team's going to sign him. It would have to be like a last resort thing. Yeah, Jesse Winker is an option here, I guess, but that's that would be more of a minor league deal thing. And again, that's not gonna I don't think that's gonna make a bunch of Padre fans excited. Um, I think Padre fans, you'll see people post, you know, 2021 Jesse Winker videos, highlights, because he was really good and he was an all-star. But it was kind of like one year, you know. It was like Jared Walsh with the Angels. What happened after that? You know, Winker went to Seattle, right? And then didn't really do much. He was disappointing for sure. Derek says Jake loses value at first base. Second base is where his value is. The biggest issue is our lack of a TV contract. A huge issue. Yeah, of course. Yep. And don't expect. At least I'm not. I'm not expecting a, a a big TV deal. They might not even have a TV deal. I guess you have to, but they they might just be on your view again. And a lot of Padre fans just streaming on the MLB app or on MLB TV. And that's how they get the Padres. I'm not expecting, you know, a Bally Sports network to to come around and say, you know, give the Padres a big TV deal. Things are changing. You know, things are going to streaming and all that. So I don't know if anyone saw, but in New York, uh, MSG and Yes Network, I want to say, they combined and are making like one network or something because they're trying to get ahead of like the streaming and team streaming, giving streaming rights away and all that. So I guess they're combining with each other. Because there was the MSG network, there was Yes Network. But I guess they're joining forces, I guess, and doing it that way. So we'll see. But in San Diego, San Diego specific, you know, like ABC local or Fox local or CBS local. The local part, they don't have a bunch of money to go give to the Padres for the TV deal. So we we can't be expecting Bali type money to come to the Padres and be able to save the Padres like that. Yes, Sarah Cosmer is available. <laughs> As Will, Will has not retired yet, huh? But I, I they're having a, or a, was it a bait? No. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. I don't have water with me, so I had to cough there. My bad. Um. Geez, my throat. Um, what was I saying? Myers. He is not retired, but I believe they're getting married or they're going to have a baby. No, they already are married, right? Myers and Will and Maggie. I think they're having a baby, so he might not. He may just retire. I don't think he's coming back to the Padres, but when someone brought up Hosmer, when Johnny brought up Hosmer here in the chat, it made me think of, of Will because I did see on Track he's still out there. He's still a free agent, so he has not retired or anything like that. But, uh, no, you're. I don't see the Padres bringing back either of those guys. Definitely not Hosmer. And, yeah, they're not, you know. Myers, when he got let go by the Reds, he didn't go latch on to another team. So, yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to go play again. Jason with the Super Chat, thank you so much. I appreciate this. He says, do you think trading Suarez would be a mistake? Robert Suarez. Um, I mean, I don't want to give up on Suarez. I just question, like, who would take the contract for Suarez. Because that's that's a significant reliever contract. Um, so, in terms of talent, it could end up being a mistake if they trade Suarez. But I don't even think that's on the table. I, I haven't heard anything about the Padres potentially trading Robert Suarez. Devin says, Anthony Santander could be another option. That's trade, though. I, I was going through for agency. Thomas says, could we trade Cronenworth for Randy? No. The Rays, I mean, let's remember who we're dealing with here. The Rays, they don't take on big contracts. The one big contract they give someone, the big contract they hand out, the dude ends up being a dumb decision maker, Wanda Franco. So, yeah, no the Rays are not trading back for Jake Cronoward and then giving up one of their best players. No, Chad, no, Preller has not been fired yet, and he's going to be given the whole season. I don't think he's going to get fired during the year because there's the draft, and the Padres would want to use A.J. Preller and his scouting staff, their expertise for the draft. That happens before the trade deadline. You're not gonna fire someone before right before the deadline. And then after the deadline, why would you fire that person? You know, there's there's no moves that can be made after that. So you probably just run the course there. So he's gonna get 2024. 20, if they miss the postseason, then a change will be made, I would think. If they make the postseason, I don't know if that's enough. Maybe they have to make the postseason and then go on a run. Because no one and I've said this before, nobody liked A.J. Preller as much as Peter Seidler. Nobody liked him as much as Peter. Eric Kutzener does not like him as much as Peter. groupner does not like A.J. as much as Peter. I can guarantee that. Um, let's see. Yeah, some more Dodger fans in here. Tom says, how about Travis Jankowski? <laughs> I mean, it's a bench player. So like as the bench center fielder, might as well just stick with the Zocar. So no, I'm good on Jankowski. Joey asks, do you think the Padres try and get Eddie Rosario? I I do. I, I think that they'll have some interest, but if that contract ends up going eight, nine, 10 mil, I don't know if they're going to be in that again. All right, this has been fun. Thank you all for the time. This has been episode 551, Talking Hours podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden signing off. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you later.